are listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Syntax. Today, we're going to be talking about gear. Got to get the gear. Have you seen that Portlandia episode where do you watch Portlandia? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So there's, there's like this uh, these characters in Portlandia that they do where they, they, they get the gear and they, every time they're like, oh, let's go on a hike. And then they spend like all day getting all the gear and all the flashlights and all the like hydration packs and everything is is hilarious because my wife and I always make that joke like gotta get the gear it's so whenever we have anything new but we're gonna be talking about like office gear like what are our setups Uh, everything from monitors to chairs to desks Scott just redid his whole office so we've got a lot to say and uh, it's funny it's one of these things that I actually get a lot of questions about you really think like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day all that much, but people love chit chatting about the gear. So that's that's what we're gonna do today. We haven't Scott and I haven't uh, chatted in about two weeks. So uh, how you doing, Scott? Do good. Hey, just uh, I've released a new series on GraphQL. So it's a like a React and Apollo client series. So it was hard at work getting that out and and uh, making that happen. I've made some major code updates to the Level Up Touch site. Just been doing a lot of head and code. Uh, getting work done, work done. You know that's that's been it for me. I know you've <laughs> uh, been on a bit of a vacation, which is uh, wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit about your vacation? Yeah. Also, you went to Laracon too, so yeah, we're gonna so have to I, talk uh, about that. Two weeks ago, I went to Laracon, which was uh, a Laravel uh, conference, and it was in Chicago at this amazing museum, and it was awesome. I met so many people. Pretty much anyone who walked up to me was like, "Hey, listen to Syncat Syntax. It's awesome." A uh, big fan of the show. So I thought that was really cool that you actually get to meet the people that listen to the podcast. And also it was like a primarily PHP developers. I was a JavaScript guy giving a CSS talk. So it was a bit out of my uh, out of my area, but it seemed to be enough people. Listen. I guess that's the nice thing about being a front end dev is that even if you are a PHP developer, you'll likely have to learn some JavaScript at, at some point. So uh, it was really good. Met a whole bunch of people. Uh, everyone was super nice. The whole Laravel community is awesome. They announced this thing called Laravel Nova, which is like kind of like a CMS backend that you can hook up to in Laravel and then it Ooh. will allow you to to log in. And it's it's amazing because like you think, oh, yeah, I can make a CRUD operation, but the interface is unreal. It's all built in view. It, it does all these relational. It's really like the fit and finish of it is amazing i cannot believe how how nice this thing was and it really made me jealous i was like i want something like that for express or node and there really isn't a whole lot out there for for us over so i was pretty jealous of it yeah i mean that looks that looks awesome i'm 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 really into that kind of stuff to be honest i like yeah. i like a I like a good fit and finish on a platform like that if it wows me with the interface a little bit i'm, I'm a total sucker for that it was like the perfect mix of like this thing that comes batteries included for like almost everything that you need. However, if you want an escape hatch to build your own interface for like a custom sort of data input or custom relationship, then you totally can. And you can just code up your own view components to, to pull in the data and, and to manage it yourself. So nice. I was pretty, pretty impressed. Apparently it took them like like nine months of, of full time dev, uh, which is pretty nuts that this thing took so like, I don't want to say it's long, but like it's an amazing product and they really put a lot of time into it before they even announced it. Cool. I think this like yeah. sort of next gen style CMS sort of stuff is a, 
It's a really interesting space. Really yeah. interesting space. Yeah, me too. It's very, I'm, I'm curious to see. I know there's a lot of stuff in Node world and GraphQL world right now. I'm curious to see where it will go from there. And then also, so I went on uh, a vacation uh, in the last week to uh, the Poconos, which is uh, kind of a, a nice cottagey area in Pennsylvania. My family, my extended family and I, like my parents and my brothers and sister and all of our 4,000 kids, we all rent a huge cottage somewhere and we, we basically we're so big and when you're this big it gets hard to be able to rent a cottage because you need like six or seven bedrooms to fit everybody and so basically you 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 do the filter on home away which is, is like kind of like airbnb but for a lot more vacation properties are on there and you basically set the filter and then you zoom out to north america and you look at your like 20 <laughs> options that nice. especially because like my whole family is cheap as hell so uh, we, we're like, we want all of these things, but for very cheap. So we ended up finding a really nice place, but had a crazy, crazy experience uh, with my daughter, who is just about two years old. And I'll tell you the story because it's it was a crazy story and hopefully it can help some other parents. Um, we were after dinner one night. We were just playing with her and uh, she was just sitting on one of the beds and we were tickling her and, and playing around. And, and my daughter is getting into the, the terrible twos. So. Uh, when she doesn't like something, she she gets real mad. And and what had happened is that uh, we were just tickling her and playing around. And then all of a sudden she decides she didn't like that. So she started like crying, screaming at us. And I said, oh, honey. And I picked her up and she was laying on her back and I picked her up and she went went unconscious. And we started freaking out. We're like, oh, my gosh, what's Jeez. happening? She's like her eyes rolled back in her head and her whole body went limp and she stopped breathing. So we're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And my wife's family has seizures in the family. So we're like, oh, man, this is probably a seizure. So we laid her on the ground and about 10 seconds later, she came to and, and started crying and, and breathing again. And then and then five minutes later, she was totally fine. So we're just like, what was that? So we went to the ER. It's half an hour away. We drove to the ER, got her in the ER and um, they took a look at her and started drawing blood and doing all of this stuff. And uh, they ended up transporting us via a uh, an ambulance to a children's hospital. And uh, they put us in the children's hospital and we had all kinds of doctors coming in and, and taking tests. And then we had a sleep overnight, which is a miserable thing. I really feel for any parent mm -hmm. that ever has to sleep in the hospital. And uh, we were there all day and, and waiting for uh, an EEG, which is where they attach like electron Ele things. Yeah, electrodes. Yeah. yeah. Electrodes. Electron is, yeah. is the desktop browser based experience. <laughs> uh, and so this lady, they tell us to get her asleep, which is a, a task on its own. We got her to sleep and then they come in. She says, OK, I need to put 27 electrodes on her head. And we got her asleep. And we're like, all right, let's do it. And she wheels in this like computer with all these electrodes on it. And she plugs it into the wall and she's like, hmm, that's weird. And she tries another plug and she goes, oh, that's that's weird. And we've been waiting like 20 hours at this point for this thing to happen. And we're just like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? And she just keeps plugging it into other computers or other outlets. And I'm like, OK, you do not have the debug. You know, when somebody doesn't know how to debug something, yeah. they're like, hmm, yeah. let's just keep trying different. And right. uh, and then she she I could tell that the, the thing was getting power, but the computer wasn't turning on. And it's like this crappy Dell computer and she just starts jiggling the DVI cable to see if that will fix it and I can see that there's no power to the entire machine so I get my it's dark I get my cell phone out I'm like okay step aside I know how, how computers <laughs> work uh, so excuse me <laughs> excuse me 
I'm a professional computer user. So she <laughs> has this thing and she's jiggling the DVI cable, which is clearly not the issue because the monitor has power. It's the computer power supply that is likely kaput. Uh, so I get down in there. I'm trying to reset all the breakers on on this like piece of medical equipment and and nothing, nothing works. And we were, we're livid because we're like, we've been waiting 20 hours. So I'm like, okay, go get another one. And of course, it's a brain machine. You think you'd have a backup in the hospital. No backups. They they're said it's down for a week. Jesus. To replace the entire thing. I was like, oh, you're kidding me. Like, what are we going to do? So we can't do this brain scan. And uh, we're just about to... We, we, we can't do the brain scan. So we, we were like, okay, we have to pack up and like drive home overnight uh, so that we can go to Canada and go to ER there and get this thing done because we need to figure out what's going on. And uh, just as we were about to like, just like throw our hands up in the air, and uh, the one of the doctors like, let's just see if the neurologist will still come in. And uh, they brought the neurologist in and he says, tell me the story again. And he was very empathetic. And he kept asking lots and lots of questions about what happened. And it turns out that, you know, I don't know if you remember this from like high school, but do you remember when kids used to breathe out all the way and then someone would hit their chest? Yeah. Do you remember them, that? The, make them pass out. Yeah. That's yeah. what happened where she screamed. And then I picked her up and I probably hooved another breath out of her at that by picking oh, her up. Geez. And then by by putting someone who's laying down and, and picking them up vertical, that also the all the blood rushes out of your head. So it was like a perfect storm and just knocked her unconscious, uh, which is apparently such a common thing with two year olds. Like we, we told our friends and like three of our friends were like, oh, yeah, our, our daughter did that. And we had to call the 911. Oh, my and, God. Uh, so. It was nothing. It was not a big deal at all. And and the neurologist was like, this happens all the time. I see it. I see it all the time. People think that there is a seizure. And then he asked us all these questions about family history and did a whole like, like, where is your daughter at? How many words does she say? Can she open door handles? Things like that. And she's like, your daughter's fine. Go home. And we're like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, so, geez. We were really scared for you guys. Uh, yeah, that it was, was that was terrifying to, to witness. So It was not a uh, not a fun not a fun thing to go through, which is which was terrible. But everyone at the hospitals, right? We stayed in this like Ronald McDonald room, which was really cool. So they treated us nicely. It just was a disaster. Uh, and then we were pretty, pretty cooked for the rest of the vacation, which it started. It was like the second day of our vacation that it happened. So it wasn't the most relaxing vacation, but we're happy that, that she's OK. <laughs> yeah. Geez. Wow. That's a, the best possible outcome, I think, to that, that totally. kind of thing. Wow. So that's my that's my crazy story. Hopefully you can remember that if you have. I know a lot of our listeners have young kids. And if your kid goes blank for 10 seconds, that likely that might be it. <laughs> jeez, jeez, yeah, scary. So let's get into it. Let's. Uh, we're talking about our our gear, our office setups. We're gonna. We'll start with computers. We'll move through monitors, keyboards, mice, desks, chairs, headphones, hard drives, backup systems, Wi-Fi, all of that good stuff. I have a website on, or I have a, I have a website. <laughs> I have a page on my site <laughs> called westboss.com forward slash uses that just links almost all of the stuff. I need to update it with, with some of the stuff, but people ask me all the time about what gear I use. And uh, I also recommend, a lot of people are, have sort of picked up this forward slash uses. And uh, if anyone else is making a, I love seeing what other developers make. So I, I encourage other people to make a forward slash uses on their own website. Yeah, mine's at forward slash my gear. Oh. Uh, yeah. Although there's, uh, man, there's a really dope site and I'm struggling to remember. Is the, it uses this? No, no, I don't think so. Dang, I don't know why. I just made an account on here. I just started uploading my gear 
and it's like oh, for yeah. like all of the the YouTubers who are into photography use this thing. Uh, I, I'm gonna remember it the moment that we, we get off of this. Uh, oh, kit is it kit kit.com? This allows you to upload all of your stuff. I just made a kit, but it's not fully done yet, um, and it's gonna be just sort of like. Hey, here's all of my my stuff that we use for podcasting. I'll share the link. It's not done yet, uh, but I have most everything else on the My Gear part of my site. So uh, this is pretty cool. It, it, this way, it gives you like a nice little interface for it and stuff like that. It definitely a nice little nice little place to host your your gear. Yeah, gotta get that. Gotta get and that. This stuff. is also like a good way for for people who have a bit of an audience to make a little bit of extra money because you can put Amazon affiliate links in these things, and as long as you're like some people I think sometimes will just like say stuff like I follow some people on Instagram and they'll just link stuff up because it's on Amazon and they they're like oh so many people are asking about the shirt that I wear and oh, we're like yeah. nobody nobody's asking about the shirt that you wear you just want to like link out of stuff so you kind of have to be careful with this affiliate stuff but if it's actually gear that you use and you can you can stand behind it it's kind of a neat way to to make a little bit of extra money yeah, I think that you have to be, yeah, you definitely have to be careful with that. And especially now, uh, there's rules on YouTube that if you have affiliate links, they have to be listed as affiliate links on your descriptions and stuff like that. You can't just like transparently link stuff anymore. Oh, yeah, and, I like that. Yeah, That's that. Uh, I do too. It needs to be transparent. Is, should, should be important. I don't mind if someone sends me an affiliate link, but you, you shouldn't be trying to trick me into clicking it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, let's get into it. What what uh? Let's, the first thing we're going to be doing is probably the easiest to answer is our computer. We both use the same computer, so uh, <laughs> we both use a 15 inch MacBook Pro with the the new one with the the crappy keyboard and the, the um, dongle the book. Tu- the dongle book. Yeah. So I actually really like this computer for a host of reasons. The keyboard, like. People really rag on the keyboard and it sucks in terms of failing. Like I have to push my command key really hard sometimes. And that's like really awful. Like sometimes the, the keyboard experience is really awful. But for the most part, I like the feel of it while typing. It's clicky, the low profile keys. I like all of that stuff. I just don't like how it breaks so much. Yeah. So there's a, a there's a um, you can bring it to Apple and they'll swap it out. Um, and the newest MacBook Pros have a, like a bit of a membrane on them, which I think is to meant. So if you don't know, the problem is that they switch to these new uh, keys that are are they called butterfly keys? The switches are. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're really like low profile and they don't travel a lot. And I actually I like the computer, but it, you get crumbs under it. And I don't I'm not like eating like Nature Valley, you know, yeah, that that crummy, crummy. <laughs> yeah. crumbs yeah. everywhere. I'm not, like, fucking crumbs everywhere there's like this meme that is like nature valley get crumbs i'm not doing that like i have my laptop up on a stand and i still somehow get crumbs in it it's inevitable uh, it's impossible and it goes under the keys and then you can't like you don't get any feedback from hitting the key and sometimes you got to really ram it and it's a nightmare so i'm hoping that the new ones solve that problem because that's probably my biggest pain point the trackpad on it is also too big like i hit it i hit my fingers on it all the time all the time and i love the, the Apple trackpad is like one of my favorite things in the world. And I hit this thing all the time <laughs> accidentally. It'll like it'll it'll jump my mouse position to somewhere else or like click into another window by accident just because it's like the tap click. Yeah, that is super. Yeah. obnoxious. So I, I have mine on a dock and I don't use the keyboard 98 percent of the time. It's only when I go on trips and otherwise the hardware is awesome. It's fast as hell. It's, it's really reliable. Really, really happy with that. 
Uh, it's just those those little things that everybody complains about uh, that that seems to be. It's just annoying enough not to make me like I, I wish that they made the old one, like my old one where it had actual HDMI on it, had the proper USB ports, things like that. You can still buy them, but I, I wanted like much faster. So I, I wish that they would bring that one back because that was my my favorite computer of all time. So if you if you get your keyboard replaced via their replacement program, do they give you the new one with the membrane or is that only on the new? They computers? don't say because I, th- I think that by saying it, they would admit that there's a problem and then that yeah. opens the floodgates to lawsuits. I but I would that. assume so. Like what what help would it be? Like you're just going to open another nature valley 10 seconds later and you're you're pooched again. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's again, I really like the feel of the keyboard. I know a lot of people don't even like that aspect of it, but I like that. It's just, I don't also, they, they have to replace like the whole top case if they replace the keyboard. And that's like kind of insane. It's like the least fixable computer ever made. (laughs) Yeah. It's absurd. It's, it's it's hard to, to have it. I also hate the, 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 the USB C ports. Like, I know people talk about this on on end that it's annoying. Yeah, like, yeah, just give yeah. us at least one. Like the amount of times that I couldn't plug something in when I was traveling because I couldn't find the tiny little dongle adapter. Like I have one on my desk right here. They're tiny, tiny. And then and then you can accidentally bump these dongle things. And I don't know. Or it's even a, like it's a, a mess. A, what's it called? Like an SD card reader, man. Like all of the old MacBooks have always had like SD card readers. And then so many professional photographers use this thing. Like, come on, man. How hard is it? Those those look yeah. the thinnest ports on the planet. But yeah. yeah, it's true. You could just there's tons of room. I don't know. I, I wish that they would they would bring it back. I I think Apple is listening, but I don't know that they <laughs> they care enough. Yeah, they so. they're they're trillion dollar. They do not care. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the computers that we use. Um, let's. What about monitors? Obviously, we both sit at desks all day. We're sitting at desks right now, staring at monitors. Um, what do you have for your monitor? Yeah, so my monitor, which people ask me about all the time because I see it on Instagram and they're like, that's a big monitor. <laughs> I I actually am always like, I don't know the version or the the because I like LG does not make their model numbers easy. It's the LG no. 34UC88-B. Oh, the <laughs> so, hyphen B. Yeah, the hyphen B. So is that um, I don't really know like whenever people ask me what this is, but it's on my, my gear page. It's on my kit, which I'll link in the thing. But it's a... a 34 inch ultra wide and it's curved so it has this like beautiful inward curve to it it takes up a ton of your vision and uh, in my new setup it's it used to be directly in front of me like directly behind my monitor right now i have it totally off to the side here on the right so i can push it away when i do my uh video recordings and it doesn't have to be uh in front of me and so it's really cool because I can angle it and whatever, and it's perfect, and it just takes up so much space. It is. It is. I'm a huge fan of the ultra wide. I when I ordered it, I wasn't quite sure how I'd feel about it, but you yeah. can fit browser window with Dev Tools open and your code with multiple tabs in your code all in one horizontal plane, and it is just an exquisite, I think, development experience for me. I also use this Vivo dual stand. It's like a one of those mic or uh, arm stands for the monitor, but I bought it for when I had two monitors, and so now that I have just one monitor, <laughs> I, I tried to take one of the arms off and it won't come off. I actually, unfortunately, stripped the bolt trying to get it off because it was <laughs> just like that cranked down. Uh, so I'm stuck with two arms on this thing. I might end up just getting a new one because now that I'm moving it around so much, I might want something that's like really yeah. super smooth. I mean, this is like a 20 some dollar uh, arm, so it's definitely not the highest quality one. So I think eventually yeah. I'll probably get another one that's like 
put it wherever I want kind of thing. So where, what resolution, maybe you can open up your display preferences. What resolution do you run that thing at? Cause I've been looking at those ultra wides, but they, I, I feel that they only go what 1440 high, 344 wide and then 1440 tall. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's, I'm like waiting for like a 4k curved one. So I'll, yeah. let, let me go into mine. Cause are, are you done with yours? Yeah. But I'm going to say, trust me. I mean, if you're waiting, that's cool. But uh, at, at this this uh, 344 by 1440, yeah, it, it looks crisp as as anything does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. So I run on the, as my main monitor, I have a 27 inch Dell 4K display, which I, I usually run it at what? 3008 by 1692, which is because like if you run it at full 4K, everything is tiny. But if you run it at like 1920 by 1080, everything is massive. So you kind of have to to go in between there. So I ru usually run it at about that. And I love having the extra height to work with. But Wait, what uh, do you run it at? What did you say? 3008 by 1692. For your MacBook Pro? Yeah. Or no, oh, okay. on my on my external monitor. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so I have talked to a bunch of people who actually run like, like 40 inch 4K displays. Because another option is you can find a TV that does 60 hertz. It has to do 60 hertz. Otherwise, you're going to get like headaches from uh, watching some of these cheap TVs. But some people do that and then they run it at full 4K. But because the actual panel is so large, you can fit like four 1080p monitors on it. And I've been very, very tempted to do that. I just uh, haven't haven't made that uh, that switch just yet. So that's my yeah. that's my main one. I used to do that when I had um, when flat screens were first starting to get super affordable at Costco. And I bought like a it was like cheaper for me to buy a 32 inch TV at the to get at that resolution. And that that hurts um, the refresh rate. And it had a DVD player in the side. So at that time, <laughs> that was like a sick thing. I was like, oh, yeah, my monitor's got a DVD player in the side. That's wicked. And then to my left, I have a 22 inch Acer display. I've had it for like 10 years. I put it on its side, so I have it vertically, vertically running. So it looks pretty good. I'm a big, big fan of that. I have been thinking about getting a second 4K and putting it on its side, but I just think that it's a bit too tall to put under it. So I've been thinking a lot about about these different monitors and whatnot, but I haven't haven't made the switch. And then to my right, I've got my MacBook on a what's called a rain m design it's just a little laptop stand and then that's just to my right usually what i'll do is i'll put all my code in my browser on my 4k i'll have my slack and any documentation to my left and then on the right hand side i'll have twitter spotify kind of other stuff like that open and it's nice i don't use spaces at all i just have physical screen space and i can just move my head around looking at it i don't i don't switch around to spaces or anything like that yeah same here i i have uh what is it not cinch it's one of those apps divi I, I actually use two of them i use spectacle and divi because they're both for different i use divi to div up my windows for actually level up touch recording because yep. i can say hey get to the specific part of the screen where i just use spectacle to say hey full screen half the screen a quarter of the screen whatever i use those things like nonstop. yeah yeah me too i've got tons of shortcuts set up with a better touch tool to to move monitors to go to full screen a monitor to go to the left to go to the right to go to the lower third higher third that's pretty handy and then i also use divi every now and then if i just want to specifically size something there's a whole bunch of different tools out there uh that that specifically do this one i've just found that some of them just like you have to like configure them to no end and i don't have time to configure them so i just want like a nice 
GUI to be able to help me out with the different shortcuts. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I also have everything on monitor arms, so I hate when your mouse bumps into something or I often see people have like like flash and Java books holding up their monitors so it's high enough. But monitor arms are so cheap. I have one of them on an Ergotron, which is like the the cat's meow of monitor arms. It's like the thing like the, you know, the dentist's light where the dentist can move the light anywhere they want. So Um, that's exactly sort of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get one of these. They're super nice. But um. I don't even I don't have to move it around that much. So uh, for my big 4K, I just bought like a mono price a little monitor arm and it's been working really nicely. I can move it back and forth, but that, that's about it. That's nice. That's very nice. So before we get on to my scene keyboard, let's talk about something else Wes and I both use, which is MLab. This episode is sponsored by MLab, which is a great place to host your databases. I know I've been using them for quite a little while. I know you have too, Wes. Uh, I don't know, you want to tell us a little bit more about MLab. Yeah, so if you are building an application built on MongoDB and you want to be able to to not deal with the database part yourself, hosting the database, doing backups, all that stuff, because quite frankly, databases scare me. Scaling them, being able to back them up frequently, what happens if, if you accidentally delete some stuff. So MLab sort of takes that all, it's a service that I use to host my database and to handle all of the sort of hard stuff for me. And I really, really like it because uh, let me just tell you a few reasons why I like them. First of all, they do automatic backup. I pay a little bit extra every month and get, I think, every couple hours I have a backup of my database. Um, And that's just something that you don't have to figure out yourself. They have a really nice interface. So if you ever like like one time I was away from my computer and I needed to just jump into the database and and fix something really quickly. And I just pulled I just pulled it up on the uh, website and you can do all of your queries and everything right from from the website and view all of your data. Uh, their service is really good. I once had this weird issue where every like three days my database would just time out and I could not figure it out for the life of me. And it, what it ended up being is that I was running an outdated MongoDB driver on my server. Not a problem with MLab at all, but they helped me. I like contacted them and I was like, hey, like this is going on. I don't really know what's what's happening, but I keep my my site keeps going down because my my database and they actually had uh, figured it out that I was running an old version of the MongoDB driver, which is amazing. They had a had someone just contact me directly and, and work on it, which is so good. Their service is really, really good. They know MongoDB cold. And the other part that I really, really like about them is that they send you this email every single week that tells you what slow indexes are on your or, or what you should be indexing on your database. So mm. it, the way that MongoDB works is that you can tell it to sort of remember or keep in memory certain things. So if you're constantly querying someone's account by their email address, you probably want to index that user's email, your user's model's email address so that you can quickly pull up users by their email address. And what they'll do every week is they'll say like, hey, you're running this query, like one of the queries, I'm just looking at the email right now. One of the queries that I have is based on their password reset token and their expire. And in the last week, 53 people have run that query and it's taken an average of 224 milliseconds to run that query. You could greatly speed up that query and use a lot less resources if you were to index those two things. So you can go back to my model and, and re-index those and then it will be much faster. So it's really cool. It's not just a database host, but they add this like extra little layer of of niceness on top of it. So uh, check out MLab at MLab.com 
for all your MongoDB hosting needs. I use that in my Node course as well for doing the entire course just because I'm, I'm such a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, again, like not trying to manage these things that are just so important yourself. Like somebody was just asking the other day, like, well, where, what service should I fire up a server on to host my database on? And I'm like, well, why would you fire up a server just to host your database when you could use a service like this? Uh, because it, it's just so important and it, it takes yeah. care of all the tough stuff for and you. They have a, a, a half gig sandbox, which is more than enough for any app. So if you're just playing with stuff if you're just trying to like learn do not try to set up mongodb locally on your computer in my own tutorial i tell people just go to mlab but if you really want to here's how we run it locally but it's so much easier just to fire up a sandbox account on mlab it's totally free and then there's there's no like you don't have to put your credit card in i don't think it'll just just get you up and running which is really good yeah super nice so thanks so much to mlab for sponsoring let's keep rolling with uh keyboards what do you use for your keyboards I mostly just use the Mac keyboard because my, my computer is just sitting right in front of me. I don't have it on a stand or anything. It's just sitting right there. And um, if I do use a keyboard, I have a code keyboard. That's what the name of it. Code keyboard. I believe it was designed by coding horror horror. Yeah. I, the I, guy who I built Stack Overflow. Yeah. OK. I just want to make sure I'm right on that. But it's. I have the one with the number pad. I got it because I like keyboards with number pads. It has like a, a Mac setting specifically where you flip a little switch and it has everything configured. Yeah. And I bought some keycaps for it off of a uh, mass drop that are, are kind of fun. So yeah, that's pretty much it. If I use a mechanical keyboard, I had a lot of people complaining that the clickies were getting picked up in the mic. So I've been yeah. uh, not using that for recording. That's the main reason why I'm not using a mechanical keyboard. I know you can get like really quiet ones, but even the quietest ones is still click, 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 click. And there's this sick one that's like Cobalt 2. A couple of people have bought it. They keep sending me links to it. Like it looks exactly like my text editor oh, it's theme. Like perfect for you. Yeah, I just don't. I just want it to be. Most of them are wired as well, which is a no go for me. I can't have any wires on my desk. So I use just a regular Mac Bluetooth keyboard. Big fan of it. I've been using it for 10 years. And then I have a magic mouse, which is uh, probably about 10 years ago. It's disgusting. Like my the like acid on my hands have like worn right through the <laughs> aluminum. You know, let me show you. on. Oh, thing. yeah, I'm seeing that. Yeah, it's starting to go. I put up a, a Twitter thread. If you're interested in, in mice, go to this Twitter thread. I'll link it up in the show notes and ask, like, what's the best mouse out there? And it was like kind of split between use a trackpad, a magic trackpad, use a magic mouse or and then this other one, the Logitech MX Master 2S, which seems like a really sick mouse. Um, so I'm I think I'm going to buy that and just try it out. I've been loving that. I've had no qualms about this magic mouse, except that if I bump it, it disconnects for like two seconds. And it's really, <laughs> really nice. Someone figured out you can stick some tinfoil in it and, and make it work better. But I'm going to try it out and uh, and see how it is. Maybe it'll be a sick pick of mine in the future. Yeah, I use just the Magic Trackpad if I do use one. And I, I love the Magic Trackpad. I I've always like when I had uh, desktop computers and anything like that, my Hackintosh, I've always used this giant trackpad. So that was that's like a big thing for me. I just love like my hands are so, so used to the trackpad and the Apple trackpad is just so, just so nice. That That's like one of the nicest things Apple does. That'd be like the thing I would miss about an Apple computer if I left was the trackpad. There's also these keyboards that are split. What was the name of them? Yes, I know about those. And I almost bought one. The, uh, shoot. Um, it's, it's, I, again, it's escaping me. Uh, I've really wanted those because you can build them yourselves and they're like fully customizable and they have all these keys there. They have the ones that you like your have your thumbs have like custom access keys. 
Oh man, this is going to be uh I did use the the Microsoft. Microsoft makes awesome hardware and uh I used for many years the split Microsoft keyboard that was ergonomic with the Microsoft ergonomic mouse and I really liked that. Uh it was just a bit too big for my desk and I gave it up. It's the ErgoDox. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ErgoDox and then there's the ErgoDox EZ which is spelled with an E and a Z, uh, that will give you the opportunity to have them like build it for you. Because a lot of these are like come in kits where you have to like put it together or solder yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm not I'm not about that. I'm not about spending That's that so kind cool. of time. Yeah. And you also have to like learn to I'm, I'm sure like if you spend some time on some of these, you could like relearn like there's the the kinesis. That's the one that I'm talking about that. It's like totally split. And it's like you can like almost vertical keys, which is really cool. But I don't know. One day the Ergo, uh, Ergodox is totally split, too. It's like, uh, yeah, like it's actually two pieces with a cord in the middle, right? Yeah, two pieces. And then there's like little extra and like thumb access keys that are like non-standard keys and stuff like that. that are just like modifiers, like additional modifier keys. I found a video that's called uh, from Linus Tech Tips that's calling it the dankest ergonomic keyboard. <laughs> Oh, that I love that Linus Tech Tips guy. He's like the most 90s hold on I've ever seen because he's like like one of the last few guys that like still builds computers and talks about like graphics cards and, oh, yeah. and chips and overclocking and stuff like that. And I remember that used to be the the big thing, but you don't yeah. you don't see too too many people talking about that stuff anymore unless you're super into gaming. Let's keep going. Next is a desk. You just yeah. sick picked your desk in the last it did uh, one. So why don't you just tell us real quick what your desk is again? Yeah. So my desk set up uh, it used to be this like Ikea desk that was it was pretty cool. It, I found out I posted a photo of it on Twitter and I found out it's like a famous Ikea desk. And it's people the, were like, oh, my God, the jerker, that, right? The, yeah, I think so. I had the Ikea jerker for many years. It's amazing. You can get all these like a, like swivel arms for it. And it was great when I had like a CRT monitor that you wanted to put up and swivel it around. Yeah. So either way, I had that forever and ever and ever. And now I'm rebuilding my set. I want it to be wider. That one was like really deep. So I got a really wide. What I got is an Ikea countertop. It's the Carl B countertop. It's in this like walnut butcher's block style. It is super nice looking. And for like 140 bucks, it's just just wide desk. It's super duper wide and I'm loving it. And then I also got the Jarvis standing desk legs where they have like the presets and these things are like great. I asked a ton of people, everyone, what they're using for standing desk legs. And it turns out the Jarvis is pretty much the, the winner between then the uplift. But the, even at high, high heights, it's like very, very stable. I was joking that I have. Well, I wasn't joking because this is serious. But I have three presets, one for sitting, one for standing, and then one for standing in the splits. <laughs> Where am I? Like, <laughs> I saw like, that. <laughs> that's my third preset. It's like Dennis from Always Sunny when he's wearing the shorts. Like I work like that an absurd amount of time. I just actually, while we were recording this podcast, I had to lower my desk a little bit because I'm starting to to slide into the, the split stance a little bit. <laughs> I wanted to keep it <laughs> keep it the right height. But no, that's that's uh, that's my desk. I'm I'm absolutely loving it. It's been here about a couple weeks now, and and it is just totally. It, it's one of the things that I can say is like greatly improved my sort of like workflow and setup. Just how everything is configured here. That's wicked. I I have a Kia countertop as well. I've had it probably for seven years now. It's an eight foot countertop. I took the IKEA Alex a set of drawers to put in the middle, and then I've got legs on on all four corners, and it's solid as hell. That's my big thing about desks. I hate when a desk is wobbly. 
Um, yeah. Which many, if you actually go wobbly. and yeah, if you go buy a desk uh, at IKEA, there's really thin and, and light, and it will it'll wobble a lot. Um, this is nice and sturdy. Actually, my wife and I both worked on on it when before we moved to our current house. We both like kind of like had two. It's big enough that you can put two different things on it. And now I'm just all spread out on it. And I've got lots of workspace to to work on whatever it is that I'm working on. So a big fan of the IKEA desk. It doesn't need to be refinished because I uh, I sealed it when I first bought it. But all of my LaCroix over the years have have definitely left some water stains on it. <laughs> I think that's that's my desk. Big fan of of how that works. Um, I, I cut the back out of the IKEA Alex and I stuff all of the cables in there. Um, I'm not like, you know, sometimes you see these like Instagram photos where people don't have a single cable. I'm like, I always see that. I'm like, yeah, right. Like you probably just cut all the cables off and you're, do you, you're do you want to talk like about that. that? Cause I, I have, I have spent the past couple of weeks painstakingly hiding all my cables because I have, I have monitors. I have the, I have a whole lot of stuff on this desk. And even though it's a standing desk, I have two wires coming out of the side of it attached down to the leg attached around the leg and then i have that going directly into a outlet well they actually the um the surge protectors underneath the chair so that are underneath the table double-sided taped underneath the table so nothing actually comes down from the table it all plugs into the the surge protector underneath the table and then it has the two cords. It's just one one power cord and one audio cord. And they come down to the leg and they immediately go into an extension cord that is gaffer taped to the wall and then gaffer taped <laughs> along the molding. And it is exquisite. They, oh you, and my all gosh. my cables on the one side are all pulled to the thing. And they're all taped up underneath and double sided. It is awesome. Wow. That's yeah, because I've got if I'm just looking at it right now, I just counted. I got 26 cords, whether they're USB, Ethernet microphone or power and they all just run in one big ball down to the back of this thing and mm-hmm. it, it looks okay but i there's no way i could could make it look that good well maybe i'll take some tips from you yeah mine's also in the I, my desk is currently in the middle of my room for the video shooting and the last thing i want is for landon to stumble in here and pull a bunch of cords and have everything come tumbling off so yeah it is it is tight up yeah <laughs> and he loves the standing desk he pushes the buttons like crazy what about chairs? What are you sitting in if you're not standing? Yeah, I have a, uh, a Herman Miller Aeron chair that I got refurbished off of the site that I wish I remember, but it doesn't exist anymore anyways. And it was like refurbishedchairs.com or something. It was, I don't remember what it was. But either way, I got the this this Herman Miller chair for like maybe 40% of the price and is That's essentially great. Bra- brand new. There's like a scratch on the underside of it. But it's like these chairs are expensive. And I, when I bought this... I've had I've had it for a long time, but when I bought it, my salary could not support a fully priced Herman Miller chair. But I needed a better chair because I was sitting in some IKEA thing. So, uh, the, yeah, this chair is great. I've had it for a long time. I am looking at like a saddle. If you have any nice saddles that you you you're really liking, I'm I'm looking for a nice saddle. So if anyone uses a a saddle, let me know. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, I I went through the whole chair thing maybe three years ago. And uh, I narrowed it down to either the Steelcase Leap or the Herman Miller Aeron. Yep. Um, and I ended up going with the Aeron just because it's it's such an amazing chair. You got to really a lot of people sit in them and they're like, huh, oh, this isn't that comfortable. But you really got to like tune it to your body. And there's like a thousand different things. And once you have it, like no one else is allowed to sit in it because it's it's perfect to my body. All the levers are exactly the same. I've had it for three years. I have the polished aluminum one, which I, I splurged a little and it looks the the feet of it are in in polished aluminum and i love the look of it 
I've been super happy with it. Nice. What about headphones? Headphones. Yeah, I use, I got these AK, I actually used to have these ultrasound headphones that were like incredible. And uh, I'm really upset uh, because they were very expensive, like very expensive. And my dog ate them when she was a puppy and it really upset me. <laughs> so, oh. uh, so I now currently am using these AKG. They are the K553 Pro. The ear pads are very comfy, which is a big thing for me. I really like these comfy ear pads. I also use the I use the Beats by Dre Bluetooth headphones that I got for free with my computer. That's not something I would buy typically, uh, but they were free with the computer. So as far as Bluetooth headphones go, they, they work nice. The, the sound quality is terrible, but they, they work nice. I'm also, again, I'm looking for some wireless earbuds, but none of the current generation wireless earbuds are really like doing it for me. Like I need something that I can do handstands in and move around in and break dance in. And uh, the AirPods are not going to be able to do that. They're, they're just going to fall right out. So I need something. Have a you little tried bit more. them? Yeah. And they're, they're, they're not sporty. I mean, they, they, they sit in there. I want something that like will like yeah because you're spinning on your head in my yeah you're that's a lot of movement i in normal i had these like sony ones that were not sony i forget who but they went behind the back of your head but they had these things that went up into your part of your ears and like really locked them in and that was like that was the sweet spot for me so if i could get something like that that they're not going to move out and they're actually still good for everything i i'm actually just waiting for the next generation of all of this stuff essentially is what it comes down to i'm, I'm sure there are some some good ones out there i've, I've looked at all of them but yeah, so eventually, who knows? Awesome. I use the Bose QC35s, which is the uh, the Bluetooth. Uh, I had a pair of 25s before that for probably three and a half years. And they were rock solid. The ear cups kind of degraded after all of the years. And I, I I got free ones from Bose, which apparently is uncommon for them to just give you free. Yeah, I think they're kind of stingy. Yeah, I don't know what I did. I just called them up and the guy was he's like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll give you a new one. So I replaced them, gave them to my wife. And now I've got the, the wire, wireless ones. They are amazing. I know that some audiophiles turn their no- nose up at Bose stuff, but they're so nice. They're so comfortable. You can kind of move around. I bought like a Bluetooth adapter for airplanes. So I don't even have to bring the cord on the airplane, which is pretty nifty. And I've been a big fan of them. I also have the AirPods that I use just for the Bose QC35s are not good if you're moving, though. If you're walking, the noise cancellation goes boom, boom, boom. And it like you're you feel like you're in like a drum because mm. the, the noise cancellation and the vibration of walking is terrible. So like you can't wear them anywhere, but they're good like desk headphones or on a plane headphone. Nice. That's super mm-hmm. nice. Cool. Well, let's get into a little sponsor break here. This uh, episode is also sponsored by one of our longtime sponsors, FreshBooks. And FreshBooks makes cloud accounting or just accounting in general just super easy and nice. And uh, it's it's one of those things that if you've ever used any sort of accounting software, you know how you can fire up QuickBooks or whatever and you fire it up and it's just like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) But FreshBooks doesn't give you that experience. They, They really just make the whole process really painless. Yeah, FreshBooks is, as you know by now, my favorite way to run my business. I've been using them for, I think, about 10 years now. They were were a local company. I've been using them since they got so huge that they are now. 
Uh, they do all kinds of stuff. They do the invoicing, expenses, time tracking, which is really helpful if you're doing any sort of freelancing or stuff where it's based on the hours. We've got some other, uh, if you're interested in learning more about that, like freelancing, hourly based billing versus fixed based billing, we've got some opinions on that. I've done both and FreshBooks worked out really well for it. You can have specific projects that you can attach things to. If you have invoices, sometimes I would have to take flights for some of my clients and then I could just put that expense into my FreshBooks and then turn it immediately into an invoice for the client so they could pay me back for that. It does multiple currencies. I think this year alone, I have three or four different currencies in my own. So if you are looking at running any sort of, if you're sending any sort of invoice or tracking your time, check out FreshBooks at freshbooks.com forward slash syntax and enter in syntax into the how did you hear about us section. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. Well, let's talk about backup systems because I know you have a backup system and maybe a double redundant one. Backup systems are important. They've always kind of been important. Uh, anyone who's ever lost a hard drive in the eras of losing a hard drive knows just how how much actually like double backups are important. I I run a a NAS drive, which is the WD MyCloud EX four one zero zero. It's an ass drive. It's pretty cool. It has, it's not like the the crappy, you know, like little ones. It's a full on like business NAS solution. It, it powers like my media server for Plex and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not like a slouch. I have a uh, 16 terabytes of space <laughs> in that thing. It has like dual redundancy backups. And uh, that's pretty much why I have so much space in it is because it does double backups and stuff like that. So uh, I, I keep an archive of all of my videos and editing and stuff like that. So video files for a couple thousand video tutorials over the years definitely stacks up. So I, I have a lot of data needs and I like to keep all that stuff just in, in case, you know. So, yes, yeah, that's, that's what I use. I like it. It's OK. I, I wish I would have. It's definitely the cheaper option of that that class of NAS drives. And I kind of wish yeah. I would have gone gone a little bit bigger on it in yeah. terms of not I, space, but, in, you know, brand. My sister is a uh, photographer and she asked me to do some research into it. And I asked on Twitter and everyone said the Synology. Yeah, that's the one I wish I would have gotten at this point. That's the one a lot of people use. Yeah, it's not like I we're kind of in this weird spot where like. You're not a photographer. You don't need terabytes and terabytes. Well, you need a couple terabytes, but you don't need like, I think my sister does like, like 800, 900 gigs per wedding or something like that. It's mm -hmm. insane how much space you need. Whereas for me, what I do is that I run, uh, first of all, I make sure that my laptop has a one terabyte in it because I hate having to like, oh, oh where's yeah. that file? Oh, it's on another hard drive. Like it's not worth it to me. So I always pay the extra money just to have the one terabyte. The new MacBooks have four terabytes in them, which is an unreal. I just want to have, almost every single file that I own on my computer. And then I have a Western Digital My Passport just running as a time machine that's just constantly going and constantly backing that up. That saved my butt so many times. Then I also run Backblaze on my computer, which is kind of like Dropbox, but for your entire computer. So the initial upload took like a couple of weeks, but then every day it diffs your files and uploads a gig or two of what has changed. So big fan of that. That's also saved my butt a few times. So I've got kind of got like double backup. And then I also we've talked about this in the in the past. So go back and listen to the episode on Dropbox. I also dev out of Dropbox. I realize that's not a good thing for a lot of people. It works great for me. You can listen to the episode as to why I do that. So I've 
triple backup. And I also don't have any empathy for when people lose files anymore <laughs> because you should have absolutely something in place. And I'm a big fan of what's called passive backup, where like you shouldn't have to think, oh, I should back up. I haven't done it in a while because that's when you're, you're going to get bit. And then I also just have a couple what I call cold storage. So when something like like my Flexbox course, I've that's done two years ago. So I put that in cold storage. I put it on an external hard drive. And then I also put it on Backblaze B2, which is like just you just could just throw files there. That's kind of like Amazon uh, hosting for you. And so then I have if I ever need to recover it, I've got it in two spaces, one local, which I'll go to first that ever burns down or gets stolen. I can go to Backblaze B2 and and pull the files off of there. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what what kind of charging and charging? What are, you, what are your charging requirements here? Uh, well, I've got like a phone and you got your headphones and then I've got a couple external batteries and just stuff that needs the iPad, maybe a couple Android devices that I'm testing on. All of these things need to be plugged in. So I've, I've sick picked this in the past. It's an Anker. I don't know what it is. I'll, I'll link it up in the show notes. But basically it plugs into the wall and then there are, I think, like seven ports on it. Two of them do fast charge. And then the other are just just regular ones. It's kind of like having like 14 of those little Apple nubs that you you plug USB into. Mm-hmm. And it's just I just have tons of micro USB and, and lightning cables coming out of that. And I can plug all my gear in and it charges it fast. I really like that because it doesn't plug into my computer because I hate yeah, plugging yeah, yeah. phones into my computer. And then iTunes pops up and <laughs> starts asking you questions. So just iTunes. like having would it you like, like to use me, please, please. Yeah. Please no, never. IPhone. No. So I, I like having just lots of, of spaces. I also have another one um, in our living room, because like if you're sitting on the couch watching TV, there's a possibility that like three or four people want to charge their phone while they're while you're watching TV. So we've got like a little octopus of of cables coming out from under our couch. You can everyone can plug in and, and charge. Sick, sick. Yeah. What about uh, USB? So we've both sick picked this in the past. We both use the CalDigit T3 Plus, which is the beauty of USB 3. Uh, USB 3 is such a mess, but USB 3 and but it's also Thunderbolt 3, I think, where <laughs> I don't understand. I, don't I All I know yeah. is that I have an $80 cable that plugs into this $300 splitter and you can plug everything into that so it charges your computer it runs all of your usb stuff i also have a usb hub coming out of that because I, st- I still need more spots in that um, you plug your ethernet into that i plug my display port for one of my monitors and then usb c for my 4k display and then it just just runs everything it's it's my dream for the longest time was to have one single plug-in and it, it does that so yeah um, i know it's pretty expensive but well worth it I know I'm 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 really happy I bit the bullet on this because I've been loving my CalDigit. The only thing I'm not happy about it is I I bought the small cable and it's like just perfectly. It's like if it was any shorter, uh, it would be a huge problem and I'd have to get the longer one. But it's like it's like stretching it. Like right now it's at full stretch, so I'm like uh, that's that's what I, happened to me. It comes with yeah. this like what three inch cable to plug it in, and I needed it longer. And it's a special kind of cable that can handle both the 80 watts of charging. So like people are like, oh, just go buy a 399 Amazon basic USB-C cable. And there's, I went down this rabbit hole of different types of cables because it needs to do charging, it needs to do data, it needs to do Thunderbolt 3 over USB-C. And it turns out that like, there's like two people that make these cables and I think it was like 80 bucks 
shipped to Canada, which is brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. What about for Wi-Fi? What are you using Wi-Fi. for Wi-Fi? Yeah, so I have a Amplify HD. So there's this, let me pull up the thing. This company, I asked on Twitter a long time ago about like different things and everyone was recommending either the Amplify HD or the Google Home. What is it? The Google Mesh Network or the, uh, what is the TrendNet, I think makes a, a really nice one as well. Um, and uh, Amplify actually sent me this full disclosure and uh, it was a pain in the ass to set up. I almost shipped it back to them. <laughs> but uh, once I got it set up, I think that they they pushed some updates to it. It's amazing. So it's just like one kind of main thing. And then they gave me three access points and you can put them all over your house and it jumps to it. I'm still not happy with it because like if I go downstairs, I don't have a big house. I'm a man of of meager means, but uh, if I go from my like three floors down and try to run a speed test, I lose like like 60 percent of the actual speed, which frustrates me. So uh, I don't know if if anyone can. And and like I looked up a whole bunch of them and and people have this seem to have this problem because it has to jump from node to node to node. And I had to play with like where you put them in the house, because if I put two of them too closely together, um, it started to like connect to the wrong one. And I think this is a, a bit of a problem with like mesh networking is that it's it doesn't know which one to necessarily connect to because the signal mm. might be stronger, but the other one might be closer. The Google uh, Wi-Fi does a really good job of that. Does it? Uh, I've never had any issues with that. And so I, I use the Google Wi-Fi and I, I have a fiber fiber connection. So my my desktop is all wired up for Ethernet so I can get it a gigabit and stuff. Yeah. But in, in, in the mesh network, if I'm in the basement or, or somewhere away from the main router, I still get like, uh, like 300 megs down. But, but that's, that's, see, that's exactly my problem. A gigabit is a thousand. Yeah. And but if you only no, get 300, you're losing. Yeah, but the wireless routers have a, uh, the, what's it called? The, um, the, uh, the spec for the, the wireless router only goes up to about that much. Oh, it's, it's really? It's maxing out. Yeah. Well, I get about a hundred down wired. And I probably get like between 25 and 50 throughout my house on the on the main floor. Yeah. See, if uh, I had a, if I had 100 wired, I would still get 100 Wi-Fi. It's the fact that it, it's reached the, the ceiling for what the uh, protocol yeah, can handle. For what yeah. Wi-Fi can handle. Well, I can't wait to the solution to this for me is just get faster Internet. Just unfortunately, we don't have every time I see a truck in our area, I ask them if they're installing fiber because I like want to know, Dude. like, what are you doing with these wires in the on the telephone poles, can you please install fiber in my neighborhood? I know. When we got it, I, I instantly canceled Comcast. It was like the moment fiber was here. I was like, all right, CenturyLink. And it's been good. I, people talk about CenturyLink not being good or whatever, but I've had, compared to Comcast, oh my God, I've had nothing but great experiences with them. So uh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm loving it, loving the fiber. Uh, it's very I, nice. I will say with this mesh network is that I did get, coverage and over my entire house like the speeds are fine like i really don't need that much like my netflix streams 4k no problem and everything like that and it well the one thing it did do is that i now can get uh wi-fi in my garage which is detached on the the very back of our property and i can get i can get wi-fi everywhere all of our doorbells that need like this is a big thing as soon as you start moving to the internet of things if your doorbells that which are outside your house need good wi-fi to connect then you need one of these mesh networks that will We'll get Wi-Fi in every nook and cranny. Yeah, I like the mesh. I'm all about the mesh. Cool. 
recording gear. We touched up, if you want to learn a lot about our recording gear, I'm going to breeze through the mind. Uh, we had a whole episode on the stuff we used to record, but I use the microphone I use as the Electro Voice RE20. Uh, I love this microphone. M- my wife hates it uh, because, well, she doesn't hate the microphone, but so we'll be watching TV and I'll be like, Courtney, that's my mic on TV. <laughs> and she'll be like, okay, like, I don't care about your mic. <laughs> and like, because it's a famous radio mic. So you see it all over the place. Uh, so whenever I see my mic, I'm always like, oh, that's my mic. I love it. <laughs> and so uh, I'm a huge fan of this microphone. I recently just got a new camera, which I sick picked, which is the Sony a7. It's the a7i. I don't know, it's got three eyes. So I, 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 or I don't even know what you refer to it as, but um, it's full frame mirrorless does 4k and it is very okay with that 4K. It is awesome. I'm a big fan. It is, uh, it, the thing looks great. It, it takes any sort of footage or, or camera. We, we just went to, to Aspen and all of the photos looked incredible on it. So video photos, all the, everything. This camera is unbelievable. And uh, my audio interface is the Scarlett 2i2. Again, I'm going to have all this stuff on my kit page that I'll have linked. And you can go check out that for 100% what I'm using. Awesome. So that's episode 37. If you really want to dig into hardware and software for recording screencasts, um, you get a lot of a lot of questions about that. It usually starts with love the podcast. What do you use to record? And I'm like, well, you don't listen to podcasts then, buddy boy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I, I don't expect anyone to listen to it because what we have like probably over 70 hours of podcast now or something like that. So if you haven't listened to all 70 hours, I don't even know. You, you never listen to one as far as I'm well, concerned. Well, there, there's some people that listen to one every day and then they give her for like a month on end or two months and then they're go through withdrawal because there's no yeah. more. Dude, I do that though with every podcast I listen to. And I, when I discover it, I'm like, oh yeah, there's 200 back episodes. I'm going to yeah. get 200. It's the best. So I use a Heil PR40, which is a Leo Laporte. I'm a big fan of uh, everything that Leo Laporte does. So I, I went and got his. It sits on a, a Heil monitor arm that plugs into a Scarlett 2i2 which somebody asked me, why do you need the 2i2 and not just the Scarlet 1 input? And the answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I need both inputs because I don't have two microphones. And then that comes out of that and I put it into the DBX286S, which is a preamp. That's what makes me sound all boomy and, and radio and takes all my S's out and, and takes all the like, like I've got a fan on right now and you probably won't be able to hear the fan right now because and if a truck drives by, things like that, little uh, outside annoyances that takes all of that away. Um, so very happy with that. That all goes right into my USB splitter, the the CalDigit thing, and then I can have all the interfaces. The one thing that these Scarlett 2i2s do do is that they give you a left and right channel. But if you have a single microphone, it always goes to the left. So I use a program called Loopback which creates uh, virtual audio interfaces. So you can pipe in different channels. You can also pipe in Spotify and Google Chrome. That's when we did the soundboard for this podcast. I was piping in my Google Chrome into my interface and that allows Scott to hear what I'm playing on Google Chrome. You can kind of like make your own virtual interfaces. So big fan of that. Uh, The only reason I use that that is because I use ScreenFlow to record and ScreenFlow doesn't have the ability to input the microphone as mono a lot of which is messed up i don't yeah, know why so, like so what's silly. it called i use 
I show you and that that just is like, oh, record in mono. Here's the input. Yeah. That's it. Why wouldn't That's you do that? Day. Yeah. Every uh-huh. other application I've ever seen does it. And uh, ScreenFlow has this like mixed to mono interface, but you have to remember to do it. And I inevitably f- publish a YouTube video and people are do this, this snarky sounds great in my left ear. And then yeah. you can't. The thing with YouTube is you can't switch it, right? You have to delete it and re-upload. So I've switched to just this virtual interface and it's been working fantastic for me. Rad. Uh, okay. Anything else fancy? I, I, the only thing fancy I have else in my office is I have a Google Home, which I use all the time. Uh, even though I have the speakers and all this set up, I'll like Chromecast up a podcast or something like that on my Google Home. I hope it doesn't hear me talking right now so it doesn't turn on. Uh, but I really like it. I'm a big fan of it. I have one in my gym. I have one in my kitchen. I have one in my office and we use them all the time. I also have a, a smart outlet, which is connected to my whole rig. So the the, all of my speakers, the table, everything. And that's on a schedule. So it shuts off at like 10 o'clock at night and turns on at seven o'clock in the morning. So it's always on, but it's not on powering. Like I don't have to turn on and off my, my setup. I just have to come in here and plug my computer and everything's turned on already. And then I'm just, you know, I don't have to leave it on or worry about power consumption or stuff like that. So I'm a big fan. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it for other fancy stuff. We have, we're a Google home family too. Um, we, we got the, um, Ecobee thermostat, which is awesome. Uh, and it comes with Alexa in it. And I was really excited because you can you can tell it to do Alexa stuff. But my daughter's name is Lux. And if we say, uh, Lux, can you come here? It's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. And it just trips it every time we yell at our children. So we are a, a Google Home family now. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, but other than that, um, I've sick picked this in the past. I use a, a hotspot, a Skyroam Solus hotspot. It's like a little orange hockey puck that will give you a Wi-Fi hotspot anywhere in the world. And I just went on my third trip with it and it's they just rolled out the ability to just to buy raw gigs, which I like because before it used to be you pay for the day and you get 500 megs. And then after that, it like puts you on edge, which sucks because you can blow through 500 megs really quickly. Or you might you might only need like a little sip of, of data and then you have to pay the eight gigs, eight bucks for the whole day. So they switched to this thing where you can just buy like I bought 10 gigs for like a hundred bucks or something like that. It's pretty expensive, but it was awesome because we just put it, plugged it into the car. And then me and my wife had full data all throughout the States. The kids iPad uh, had data. If we wanted to download a new game during the car ride, things like that. I was such a big fan of it. Um, it's It's been great. I used in the past, I used uh, the no roaming, which is a thing that you put on your SIM card. It's like a sticker. And that was a, never worked properly for me. So I've been a big fan of that hotspot. And then a backpack. I've talked about this many times over. People always send me emails about it. I use the Peak Design backpack, which is a one of the best backpacks I've ever seen. I went on a long search for the best backpack ever. And you just just go on YouTube and search for Peak Design every day and you can see it. And what happened when we were on vacation is that I left the backpack underneath a window and we had a no. thunderstorm and the backpack got soaked and my laptop was in there. And I like unzipped it and the, the laptop was bone dry. And I was so happy that I had a nice waterproof backpack or well, I don't know if it's waterproof or water resistant, but I, I do know that my $5,000 computer was bone dry. Oh my God, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So big fan <laughs> of that. And I, I met a bunch of people at Laracon that had the backpack and a couple of people said they bought it after, after listening to this podcast and they've been oh, super nice. happy with it as well. Yeah. I'm looking at this Topo Designs. They're a... They're a company that's based out of Denver, I think. They're I think they're based out of Denver. They're based out of Colorado, but I'm I'm pretty sure they're based out of Denver. And uh they they make this like briefcase bag 
that is like a really nice looking briefcase bag. But then it also has like backpack straps for when you want to wear it as a backpack. It's kind oh, of really yeah. interesting. I've been uh, I've been thinking about it. Looks it kind of looks like the it's got that Herschel look to it with the the square. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Square they have pieces a, of leather on it. Yeah, yeah it definitely a, looks like a style. That looks pretty cool. That's yeah. topo designs dot com. Yeah, their their stuff's really cool. I like a lot of their stuff, clothes and uh, bags included. That's pretty cool. Oh, the um, Peak Design just came out with a bunch of like larger travel stuff as well, um, which I know a lot of people have have kind of been waiting for for travel gear. I don't need more. I got the 30 liter one, which is big enough for me. But if you need anything bigger, they got it. Nice. Cool. I think that's pretty much it for all of our our stuff. That's our stuff. Got to get our gear. Got to get the gear. Oh, they Topo Design has a fishing rod holder oh yeah it's very outdoorsy uh, um, I overall went, I a lot of hiking caught a stuff. whole bunch of bass oh it's like fly fishing it's it's just for little rods very cool i'll have to check this out yeah awesome cool. so i think that's it for today uh what about any <laughs> this whole episode was kind of sick picks i don't know if you have yeah. anything else you want to say i don't pick. have anything additional to sick pick no i mean I, I probably do but uh i think we've had enough stuff in this episode that you could call it all sick picks <laughs> Awesome. For shameless plugs today, I'm just going to uh, I'm I'm going to give an update on my course. I'm back from vacation and all my traveling. I'm keeping recording. Probably got a couple more weeks of working on and recording the course, but my advanced react course will be out fairly soon. So get ready for that. Nice. Cool. I released a new course on Apollo Client with GraphQL. So if you're interested in learning how Apollo Client and GraphQL work uh, with React, check out this course. It's level one Apollo with React. It teaches you all the ins and outs of doing some of the cooler cooler stuff with Apollo, um, the basic stuff too. But we do like optimistic UI mutations. We get into all of the new um, render prop components. We talk about things like loading more for like if you want to do load more pagination, that kind of thing. It's pretty slick and I'm a huge fan. Or if you want to get access to that along with all of the other premium courses, I believe there's like 17 or 16 uh, premium courses up on Level Up Tutorials right now with a new one coming every single month. Subscribe. Become a Level Up Pro. Uh, If you sign up for the year, you get 25%, not percent, percent off. Uh, So yeah, sign up for a year and check it out. There's going to be 12 new courses over the course of the next year. And again, a new course every single month along with a bunch of new free stuff as well. So uh, yeah, Level Up Pro. LevelUpTutorials.com forward slash pro. I think that's it for today. Peace. Peace. Head on over to Syntax.fm for a full archive of all of our shows. And don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player or drop a review if you like this show.